Hi, hi, hi from Kate's apartment. Back in the lab. Um, actually, I'm the studio. The lab. Yeah, yeah, this is the studio. <laughs> studio. Kate's the studio. Mine's the lab and shipping facility. Yeah, truly. We have to keep the department separate. Um, we do some lives on my roof with the dog Mo, the pug dog. You're a real OG if you've seen that. We should do another. Another one of those installments. That's yeah. If you're listening to this, you can sign up for our Patreon as well. We're figuring out the schedule of how many videos and content Ask Me Anythings we want to do. So we're going to generate some... Some spicy content over there. Yeah. We're yeah, figuring out schedules because Kate and I are you know, going to be going home and Having letting ourselves live. live for we once. were just talking about this before the podcast started. We're like, damn, we really just don't live. Yeah. Like Once you've accepted the identity of like you're going to take your magnesium and go to bed at 10... And then one night you see, like, young people doing... Like, on TikTok, for example. I've seen a lot of, like, New York City, like, life. And I'm Those like... Those have done some damage... To my mental to health. To my mental health, for sure. I'm like, wow, people are going out and, like, going out with, like... N- like, everyone's outfits are great. Everyone's hot. I'm like, wow, fuck. I wasn't invited. Like, damn. Um, yeah, what else? Um, oh, yeah, everyone. Um, if you could just, like, manifest some positive vibes for me, though. Yeah, cool. literally. I'd be, I'd be going through it. I've, I've cried to my mom like three times this past week while putting groceries away for reasons that I'm not going to uh, explain upon, but... We need the just, manifestation yeah, manifest, yeah, please put on your manifestation hats and just manifest <laughs> that God will um, work in my favor in, you know, the next, like, month. If you're religious, say a prayer. If you're not religious... Go say the rosary. Yeah, do something. <laughs> Emma's TikTok about, um, what, what is it called? Oh, the fucking Eucharist one. People need to shut the fuck up. Like, every other <laughs> comment is like, I, like, have bought, like, the Eucharist off of Amazon. Amazon. I'm like, okay, like, shut up. Shut up. No one asked. I, I, I actually am like, I'm bored of TikTok. Like, I yeah. did my thing. I'm like, okay, I get it. I don't really care about going viral. It's um, also like, I'm also just like, I prefer my Twitter presence a lot more. Literally, I need to get back to tweeting shit things. Because TikTok, people are fucking idiots. The comments, where are your headphones from? Where's this from? And there's already three comments that I've already addressed the fucking issue. And like, people are like, can you do a video about your favorite hokas? I did. I did. Like, it's, I understand it's the algorithm that like, it's your for you page and you literally know nothing about the person who's putting out this fucking video. But also my for you page is like toxic now. It's back my to being skinny page. girls just dancing and looking it's, dumb. Okay, I had TikTok like kind of in the middle of pandemic and like right. the shit was funny yeah. but now everyone's like just doing influencer shit on there now and it's yeah. like not even like inspiring i'm like this is like not funny this is actually like annoying literally and it's like also like with the algorithm so i can't just be like oh i don't want to see any of this content like yeah. i just am given it just it's thrown at me the best video i saw was like someone like this like workout class and it was like you jump on trampolines and then i saw one that was like a lot of like pickle videos like i don't know my algorithm needs to like not have like skinny girls also like why am i getting likes on hinge right now can we talk about men? Yeah, we can talk about men. Have you had any encounters with men? No. Literally, literally. same. Here's Actually, no. I had one guy who just sent me just the most just like annoying message ever. Let me see if I can pull it up so if I didn't block him. My dating life, I don't even know. I've seen this one guy. He goes to me, whatever. There are like five people that have gone out with me that follow the fucking meme page. I'm like... Can you all move somewhere? I unfollowed you in my personal. This is embarrassing for you, but, you know, keep giving me the followers. Keep so giving me the fucking swipe up links. One guy literally messaged me, Omaha, Nebraska, teach me about the harvest, Emma. I want to be in touch with the bountiful and good earth. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm not going to reply to that. Yeah, so I deleted Tinder and Hinge. I'm back on Hinge, but not on Tinder because I felt like Tinder was just scammy. But now I'm just getting all these, like, bum fucks on Hinge. It's all bum fucks. You are sunny. 
Thanks. It's all bum fucks. God damn it. And I'm like literally looking at my phone. I almost, okay, this is like really terrible of me, but I almost manically changed my dating location to my hometown on Hinge because I was like getting so fed up with like these like New York nasty, like New Jersey bros. And I was like, no, Emma, you also don't want to see like kids that you went to high school with who like have gained like 30 pounds and like yeah, are, like depressed. Yeah, or like have an alcohol addiction. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I have my TikTok crush. That's about it. He's holding on to me um, in the DMs. That's about it, your girlies. Some of y'all are fucking crazy commenting and, you know, making things messy in my life. But yeah, like, I posted a TikTok a long time ago and it was like, would you swipe right on me on Tinder? And like, everyone was like, yeah, you look so good. And then literally it's like, any man. I'm like, what the fuck? And my mom's in the city of New York for a day. And last night we went out for dinner and there were like guys walking by. And she's like, damn, like people are f- ugly. Like, where are the hot guys? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Or then, like, I'll see a hot guy, and then it's, like, girlfriend, stroller, yeah. dog. Like, yeah. they're, I don't know. They're busy. They're busy. They're not looking for fucking Emma and I. Um, or were the fellow, like, 22 to 26-year-olds who also have their life together, take their magnesium, and, like, press well? Like, is that hard to ask for? And we talk about that, like, I mean, we make memes about how, like, literally guys are such a fucking mess, but there's no one in our age group. I don't want to date anyone really old. I'm not dating anyone younger. Jesus fucking <laughs> no. Christ. Why would I need to, like, You cannot be in college kid? still. Yeah, I don't even, I'm, what's the benefit? I have to pay for everything. I have to teach you everything, and you're probably a 7 out of 10. Yeah. That was very cocky of me to say. Emma and I both literally have no self-confidence. So None. literally everything is coming out of our ass with like piping steam yeah. that we don't actually <laughs> believe in. But we have to approach dating is that way. So yeah, um, I wasn't planning on having a summer where I was just like literally doing nothing. And I definitely wasted my life away this past, this summer. Um, yeah. I'm kind of unhappy about it, but you know, that's how things go you sometimes. Know what? I have another summer. I have summer 2K22 to look forward to. Well, here's the thing. We're talking about this. I feel like I've been 22 for five years. Bro, it's been a long one. I listened to the first episode of the podcast. Please, if you're someone listening to this, do not go back and listen to the old episodes. I did myself, and I was like, oh, my God. Because the first podcast episode was the day after your birthday. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, we were literally, like, freshly 22. That's crazy. Because the first line in the podcast, you said, I'm so excited to discriminate against 21-year-old men now. And I was like, oh, my God. That's hilarious. We're literally grandmas now. We're literally grandmas. So, yeah. Um, I have just, I think, kept it out of my mind that I feel like I could really just have some thriving social life when I'm 24. I think 22 is just stupid. Yeah, the, tw- the, the 20 age range, it's whatever. 30s, hopefully I'll thrive a bit. 40s, I'm hoping it gets better. 50s, that's probably going to be my prime. Yeah. I just want a porch and be able to, like, sit down and watch people. Yeah, and a porch would be cool. And just, like, go to the co-op and yeah. buy local honey. <laughs> buy local fish. Which brings us into today's episode about fish and climate change. Title pending as we're recording on yeah, this Yeah, this is kind evening. of a, a connection to, like, the food and climate change two-part series that Kate and I did. But I think now that, like, you know, Kate and I eat fish, fish. now, we got a lot of questions about, like, what type of fish do you guys eat? Like, how can I, like, eat fish in a sustainable way? Like, what are your thoughts on Seaspiracy? We'll get to you on that in a little bit. How Don't you I, worry. How can I start eating fish? Is it bad? Like, I think most of us have come from either, like, a vegan background or eating plant-based. And so you've definitely heard, like, fish is bad for you, mercury. And so we're going to address those concerns in today's podcast episode. So we'll talk to you guys in a little bit. And we're back. So the first pressing question of the podcast, I think a lot of you guys asked about, well, this is how I phrased it, was like, how did the fishing industry get so fucked up? It seems like a very intuitive thing. We were hunters and gatherers. We all just went out and killed fish and ate them and cleaned the fish and took care of them. And we had no impact on climate change or the species or the larger ecosystems. And now we think about fish. And I think my introduction to like 
kind of ecosystems generally. I feel like in elementary school, you were told about like the endangered species list yeah. every year. Like, the bees are going, the bears are going. It was going. always like the manatees. Yeah. And I think I was like, oh my God, what if you can't eat fish one day? Like that's going to be crazy. And I remember like vegan days, they're like, there's going to be one point when fish is going to be so toxic. My, my, it was like 2048. Yeah. The favorite fucking year of the UN. And it was like, if you eat a fish that's like eating a um, a credit card of plastic a week, like I was militantly like spitting that out to everyone I knew that ate fish. I was like, there's so much plastic in fish because the waters and, you know, knowing about climate change. But then when you like dig back on like why, or I guess how did fishing get so fucked up? Most of it ties to um, corporate, you know, control on industries, just like with everything, like the food and advertising thing. How did schools get so fucked up? It was just like one, two, three big companies that took over, monopolized everything, took power, squeeze profits whatever so the same thing um lies true in the fishing industry the biggest drivers of biodiversity loss which is when ecosystems become less and less diverse kind of like how with farming now it's back to corn soy and wheat we don't have like a diverse range of crops in fishing it's mostly due to industrial scale fishing and overfishing um which we'll get into in the next section but overfishing is definitely what you think it is it's when these big factory ships with those huge nets are designed to catch tr- tremendous amounts of fish it's not like someone going and catching 20 fish and bringing it to the local shop it's these huge nets and they do it very efficiently like literally like robots yeah and they're essentially like all these like species of fish that are being like overfished are just being caught faster than they can bring reproduce so essentially then like that is causing it threatens their vitality of many marine species and it puts a lot of these populations of certain fish at risk of extinction which also then just leads to a food crisis especially for populations and regions where you know their main source of food or their main like yeah income is maybe fishing and like that's like their main source of protein um and also so the food and agriculture um, they've stated that like the global fish population has diminished by 70%. And again, that's largely just due to the way you, that we yeah, fish. the way we fish. And there's one current, like there's obviously the overfishing and there's one way called like trawling, which is essentially where they're dragging nets along like the seabed to catch as much fish as possible. And like through this process, like sand sediment, it gets displaced, which then causes murky water, which then blocks sunlight from the ocean floor. And that way then like underwater plants just get killed because they're not getting any essential sunlight and it can also ruin coral reefs. So it's just like this whole entire process. And I think also like for Kate and I, like growing up in the Midwest, like I never really thought about like fishing practices or really just like the fish industry in general, because it's like the closest ocean to me was like thousands of miles away. And whenever I saw fish, it was like always my uncles would go on their, um, their, I almost said paddle boat. They didn't go on their, yeah, like in the the fucking lake. Yeah. Paddle boat. What am I fucking (laughs) trying to think of? Um fishing boats it'll come to me at one of these points um pontoon boat there pontoon. we go pontoon boats mm-hmm. my grandpa would sit and go fishing like there's a lot of f- fishing like paraphernalia in the midwest of like gone fishing don't talk to me until i go on oh, fishing yeah. today um i've gone fishing before yeah same and you do it and then you're like okay we're gonna throw it back or we're not gonna eat it i never thought about like the big nets that you, people who've grown up on the coast maybe you're accustomed to that or you go to the fish market with your parents and it's like a nostalgic experience but i never thought about the whole food chain and i never thought about how like as with every industry that we're now seeing in the United States, whether it's be like, you know, you either buy an iPhone or you get nothing. You either go fly Delta or United or whatever. You don't fly smaller airlines. So it's an issue of like so much corporate control over the industry, which relates back to most things that are fucked up. Um, The connections between fishing and climate change are very interesting though, because 
it makes sense cognitively. I think the biggest one we think about is like the oceans are getting dirty, right? Like we always, I think in middle school as well, elementary school, it was like the Great Barrier Reef is dying. I love to go in this little podcasting voice. We're like, I notice you and I both do it. But yeah, the Great Barrier Reef is dying. We're going to lose all these fish. If the smaller fish go, the bigger fish are going to have nothing to eat. We're going to lose everything. Ah, disaster. Or we were talking about um, coral bleaching a lot. But the reason that food and climate change are so intersected with the fishing industry is because, like I was saying, billions of people rely on fish. Sea level rise could also hurt coastal fishing communities. If you think about equipment and kind of how they have not created these, like, huge, um, like, supply chains around fishing, but the equipment and, like, sea level rise could impact, like, the harvest and how consistent and regular it is, just like with grazing land. If the land is all dry, it fucks up your entire year. Once again, it's going to hurt small coastal fishing communities. The big guys are going to have money to create new machines and keep up with the whatever's happening with climate change. The next issue that relates to climate change is going to be what's called ocean acidification. So the oceans are a huge opportunity to be a key part of um, our fight against climate change. But once they get to this like level where they're not habitable for fish, we are losing entire areas where we could, one, feed people, two, have these stable ecosystems. And the next one is that um, having more fish and marine life in the sea leads to more carbon sequestration, which locks in carbon emissions. When we think about the battle against our rising CO2 emissions, if we're not taking advantage of what's going on in the oceans, it's a huge like lost opportunity in relation to climate change. Um, one key example of this is salmon. So most North American communities that rely on salmon could lose those populations as the streams start to warm, which is going to cause all these fish to move to places that are their normal temperature, right? And I think when we think about climate change from particularly an industrial industrialized United States context, we think that we have power over the earth. Like, okay, yeah, the planet's getting warmer. Everything else is going to adapt. No, the earth and the natural species are going to figure out a way to do it. Like they're going to say, fuck you humans. The salmon are going to go to a water that is habitable for habitable for them. They're not going to become like some hybrid salmon. And I think we have this dominant, dominant relationship in Western countries. Like we're going to control the land. We're going to all move to Mars. We're going to all do these like technocratic solutions. But it's like, nah, the earth is going to just kill us all. Um, so basically, yeah, this will lead to another issue of food insecurity. A lot of indigenous communities in the Arctic depend on sea ice as hunting grounds, so they could lose access to food as well. And I think just like us, like from a consumer standpoint, just thinking about like much of the fish that all of us are consuming have likely been from like foreign countries like whether that's like somewhere in asia or like new zealand or wherever like fish is grown or mm-hmm. not grown but like yeah. <laughs> raised uh-huh. yeah. um and i'm sure like a lot of us obviously you know are not eating fish that's like local to our communities like obviously like if i'm living in nebraska and i'm eating salmon <laughs> like obviously that got flown miles yeah. away and just like thinking about just like the transportation emissions that come with all of that which is like something that i really again never had to think about for a while and now that's like something that i'm pretty aware of when i do go shopping for fish nowadays yeah and i think this is like we'll, we'll talk a little bit about consumer habits in that end but once again it's like well okay i don't have five dollars extra to spend on the salmon that is like the quote ethical option i'm in college like what do i do about that and then i think that becomes like an issue of like industry when like the whole propaganda is like you have to resolve the issue by never eating fish and going vegan when like there's other ways you can contribute harm and so like for me i'm like i'll eat fish now i've never felt like really like veganism was like a thing for me ethically where i was like i'm going vegan because i'm changing the world through my diet for me it was like an environmental thing i was like oh less carbon goes into eating beans than meat yeah but i never was like oh if i eat fish i'm a bad person which i know Mm -hmm. is something that people wrestle with a lot um but the next section is going to be a little bit about this consumer stuff and a little bit about farm-raised fish um which i've heard about a lot a lot of like podcasts are talking about how this is kind of an innovative solution but there are some downsides to this as well 
You know, Emma and I can't shut up about starting your day with the perfect oatmeal toppings. And you're probably thinking, what could be better than securing a bag of maca powder or matching with a boy who actually knows what adaptogens are? Um, hello, a large and juicy medjool date. That's why we're so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Julie's. Julie's is a pantry staple for all the wellness gods. Their hand-picked medjool dates from Coachella Valley, California are certified USDA organic, naturally vegan, and free of all allergens. There is no better way to snack on Jolie's than with your favorite nut butter or on a bowl of oats. And Jolie's even has a date syrup to drizzle on a stack of pancakes. So if you want to taste some Jolie's for yourself, definitely use code CMOSGIRLIES for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. And we're back. Okay, the next section is going to be about farm-raised fish. I was made aware of farm-raised fish when I was, like, listening to climate podcasts about, like, how could we save fish? You know, this 2048 timeline, like, Emma and I were talking about was, like, putting all climate change books that we're going to lose fish. So that brings in the industry of farm-raised fish. So basically, it's what you think it is. These farms are taking a DNA sample of fish. They're going and reproducing them in labs and thinking about, okay, could this be a way to preserve the supply chains that we're going to lose to climate change inevitably? Could it be a, a, a way that we could combat global um, food insecurity, but fish farms have a lot to do with resilience to climate change. When we think about what we were talking earlier with rising sea levels, you could entirely lose a fishing, what a fish farm. I'm like, what are the (laughs) words? I'm like fish farm. Um, but with climate resilience, a lot of these sites that are the farms, um, are not as going to be impacted by extreme weather events like hurricanes and tornadoes and floods. We think about food insecurity. There's going to be a smarter management of fisheries when you're doing this in a lab. You also are going to be a lot more efficient because you could supply like way, way more than if you're doing it by hand and you have to like take account for like, oh, it was a thunderstorm today, so we couldn't fish versus in a little lab. Um, and some kind of like hints at if this would be ever be done in the United States, at least, is that like Biden um, got a lot of like attention from these like environmental activist groups about like he could take action to establish a regulatory pathway um, for this offshore aquaculture to work. And like it would need regulations on these like farmers to start kind of like testing out like how would we scale this to like be accessible in the United States um, because it could create new jobs in the process. We could have a sustainable seafood supply chain, increase the resilience of our food system um but right now literally nothing happens in politics so take your bets out on that one but my introduction to farm-raised fish was that it was like super dangerous because the mercury impact the mercury poisoning microplastics it's not real fish all the stuff that goes on in labs anyways uh yeah so like with the mercury poisoning which kate mentioned like i feel like it's always talked about in all the podcasts that i listen to um it can impact like your brain function and memory affect your thyroid kidney sleep etc but mercury like it naturally occurs in our environment but it can be released into the air from industrial pollution and then fall into the ocean which then converts into methyl mercury which is like the most dangerous form Mm -hmm. and obviously like different species are going to contain different levels of mercury so like fish predatory fish or like fish such as like shark that then are consuming other forms of fish are going to have higher levels because they're ingesting the mercury levels that come from those fish. So sharks, swordfish, fresh tuna, key mackerel, these are going to be like the main ones to probably avoid if you are shopping for fish, but I don't think any of us are going to be yeah, eating, eating like shark soup. Yeah. <laughs> shark soup. I feel like that's a, or like, I'm shark put fin, or like dolphin fin soup. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to put shark <laughs> on my sweet potato later. Um, so yeah, like that's kind of like the main reason why mercury is so talked about is just because the fish do um, like it, 
they just yeah ingest it. They just be having mercury. They just be having mercury. Them. Um, yeah, and, like, the biggest risk to eating fish is definitely going to be, like, what's happening, and, but once again, you're not going to have much control. I was thinking about this subconsciously when I ordered, like, salmon out at a restaurant with my family. I was like, well, t- this was not a farm rate, or not, the, the, um, wild cod. the wild cod best at grade Atlantic salmon that I would buy at the grocery store, so you can't really, like, airport sushi, you're not getting no. the best quality fish. Um, and you guys asked for, like, our thoughts on Seaspiracy. Emma and I do not believe in movies, and we don't watch them. I didn't watch. I'm not going to watch it. Just to give you guys my review. Like, honestly, it's probably filled with a lot of bias since it's about, like, why, you know, the seafood industry is, like, so toxic and like, everything. And did, so um, take it with a grain of salt or treat it like it's the Bible. the Bible. Whatever you want. Well, did you ever watch any of the vegan documentaries? Oh, yeah. See, I never did because I was like, well, this is just going to be people that have money. Well, I saw, like, Food Inc. And then right. there was another one about, um, was it Cowspiracy? Was it yeah. literally called that? Yeah. God, these are like mental. I literally like yes, they're factual, but also like I my brain just goes to skeptic mode where I'm like, who funded this? What is this about? I'm not saying sea spiracy or cow spiracy or any of these things are false, but it's like if this is your only source of information, like I'm always saying, like you're gonna be misled. It's all and then also it's just like I don't know, it perpetuates like fear mongering, then it's yeah, like, like okay, you then do- you're putting like so much pressure on the consumer to then be like, okay, now I have to start eating like burgers made from black beans yeah time for my or time, cookie to, time to eat like my carrot locks god damn it time to have my carrot hot dogs at the barbecue <laughs> like it's all relative and like i think it these i don't like these documentaries because it shames consumers it doesn't shame industries i know one of them that talks about like um factory or like um meat production and big ag i think that's effective because people are looking at the industry but when it ends kind of like all these documentaries with like the political proposition it's like you as a consumer need to go spend 20 dollars more a month no i'm not fucking doing that but with hits with fish emma and i i think have realized that it's like a really helpful protein source for us at least kind of coming off of veganism um we all know about omega-3 fatty acids it's a high form of protein and selenium is another nutrient that's found in a lot of fish sources i think we can talk about sort of our tips to navigating like purchasing seafood from the grocery store and like what types to get yeah obviously like i mentioned earlier like ones that are gonna have high mercury levels like avoid those and then also just like avoiding species that are going to be like the most overfished like atlantic halibut albacore tuna atlantic cod and yellowfin tuna these are like the most overfished species so they are at risk for um um what's the term that i'm looking for um extinction extinction yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. thank you we're literally teaching third grade like um marine <laughs> brain biology fart, brain fart moment. no it's okay um and i think you guys asked like how do you start with fish from a vegan background i think it's kind of intimidating to like think about preparing fish which is why i've turned to like tin fish is just like a really easy protein source you might not have a taste for it um but thinking about like okay could i get maybe like a frozen filet that's really easy to cook it's like learning how to cook it the first time is the hardest thing emma and i joke that our whole i think bitch our, our whole dating life from january to march was like scamming men that knew how to cook fish to oh, learn entirely. how to cook fish oh entirely yeah there was one guy that i was just like damn i learned how to cook every type of fish learn what you do with it you were like, I went over this guy's place and now I have to learn how to cook salmon he, this like, way. He, like, taught me, yeah, like, the best way to prepare it, like, what to look for and how do you know if it's done. Because I knew the first time I tried to cook fish, I was like, is it done? Is yeah. It done? And then it was, like, overcooked and rubbery. I was like, mm. We were literally like, do we need to go get fish thermo- meat thermometers? And, like, I literally did not I haven't used it once. It, yeah. Yeah, just because I, I now just, I can, I just know. So, CMOS girly tip, if you want to start with fish, 
go on Tinder <laughs> and you'll find some great advice. There's literally a screenshot I have I was going to TikTok, but I felt bad. This guy, Rowey, he like wrote out like seven paragraphs. Oh, well, he, I kind he, of remember this. He butchered the first conversation. He goes, nice calves, Katie. Oh, wait, I meant Kate. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. First of all, you're a man. Like, I don't need this. But then I was like, how do you make salmon? And I was just so inept with my conversation the rest of it. But I screenshot it and he sent like a five paragraph essay. So make men do some labor for you. And another tip also with like shopping for fish too, is that like going to the fish counter can be really intimidating. Yeah. But I know I at least like Whole Foods, they sell the wild caught sockeye salmon like in a frozen bag. Yeah, you can. And so safe. I just kind of get that if you are like nervous to like speak to the fish person at the counter and be like, "Am I do I order in like an ounces? <laughs> yeah, pounds. pounds. Yeah, and when I, our brain does not work in the ounces pounds area. I have no. no idea. <laughs> um, another thing, I have wanted to go to the farmers market and like talk to the fish person, right? Like Union Square has someone, and they have. I would never. I don't actually think I'd buy it. It's so fucking expensive, but they have like local fish from like upstate New York or something and just talk to them about like your best practices on fish but then it's like also I'm like well I know I just throw it out the window because I don't like I don't have like that much disposable income to spend on fish so that's something you have to like fight with your own internal situation I don't really know how like fish would be within like a college dining experience if that's like on a meal like I I just know like where I went at FIT they had like pre-made like sushi rolls and I'm True, sure some of them yeah. had fish but yeah. I don't think fish was ever like an option as like a protein Entree, source yeah. so if you want to make fish there's some options it, it's like I think it's so, so relative it's like how much you want to spend on fish how much is accessible do you want to buy fish frozen fresh what's your budget like I don't know so maybe play around with it like as a once a week kind of evening thing um, but also don't feel like you just have to eat fish. I think some people in Geneva were like, oh, should I start eating eggs? Cause everyone else is. And I'm like, why are you doing anything you do? Like you have to know your own dietary restrictions, choices, triggers. If everyone in Geneva tomorrow was like, I'm not eating any Japanese sweet potatoes. Like you could still go eat them. Yeah. Like I definitely would. like, again, like don't model like your diet based off like what Kate and I eat. I think yeah. like we both kind of eat made mental. the switch. <laughs> yeah, well we eat in very Bad psychotic weird ways. ways. But I think also like, you know, Kate and I maybe started eating fish for similar reasons, but it was, you know, to kind of just like improve our own personal like well being and yeah. like how we were feeling. We literally we, like everyone keeps asking about like why did you guys no longer become vegan? And we were thinking about it. We're like we never like got blood work. Mm-hmm. I looked at blood work, it was like five hundred dollars. I'm like, I don't have that. We weren't, like, you know, feeling like we were dying or anything. No one was like, you guys should eat fish. We were literally just, like, eating too much nut butter and, like, binging and, like, not feeling good about our bodies. And we're like, and I think I knew it was partially because I definitely wasn't getting, like, adequate protein source. Yeah. And even if you're supplementing with protein powder, like, yeah. But I just don't know. I've, I haven't eaten legumes since, and my digestion has been better. So shopping for fish. Here's kind of what I do as, like, a consumer. There's a acronym called smash and it's like the five smallest fish that are the most sustainable for the climate as we talked about earlier you're not likely to have the mercury because you're not eating a big fish that has consumed another fish and then they're just going to be like more sustainable on the um, climate supply chain like it doesn't take much labor to like catch these fish for example so the five fish take out your fucking notebooks we should make notebooks um CMOS. CMOS, like little notepads that'd be cute that'd be cute um salmon mackerel anchovies sardines and herring so if you can find any of those five play around see if you like them i think also another tip to getting introduced to fish is if you're at a restaurant with your family or for an occasion or something order fish see if you like it you're not actually cooking it like you don't have to do the labor there 
Um, but as I said, these are the, going to be the five fish that are the safest and healthiest to eat. They're nutrient rich. They're high in the DHA that's found in omega-3 fatty acids, and they're going to be low in mercury context. So it's also interesting because now there's new research is everything about gut health these days. Crazy, but, um, increasing your omega-3 index could improve your gut microbiome. So that's something to keep in mind too. Um, another thing I was researching, cause I was like, damn, maybe when I'm rich and ballin', I do this, um, <laughs> There are community-supported fishery groups, just like a CSA where you'd buy a farm box from your local farmers. Um, members pay for a share of the fish directly from the source. Now, that would be like dependent on your region. Like If you lived in a region and all they had was salmon, you probably would not want to get it if you didn't like salmon. But that's a cool late-in-life thing. Maybe you become a CSA fish girly. That'd be cool. And then other things to keep in mind, too, again, like the country of origin that the fish is from, obviously, like at any seafood market, they're going to stay where the fish came from. And so if you do have... like you know, more disposable income and are able to purchase local fish from your farmer's market or at least buy that was like, you know, raised in the U.S. It's going to be obviously more environmentally friendly since there's less transportation, miles and emissions as opposed to getting fish off of like the coast of Vietnam. Yeah. And then there's like other like certifications that you can look for. I don't really necessarily look for these when I'm shopping for fish just because I kind of just seek out like wild caught from like U.S. area. But like the Marine Stewardship Council, they're an international nonprofit organization. It's like a blue and white label. Mm -hmm. And again, this is like a private group and it's not the government telling you what is or isn't good, which obviously I think there needs to be more regulation on like the fish on the fish industry but what the label means is that like wild seafood was caught using methods that don't deplete the natural supply and also it guarantees that fishing companies do not cause serious harm to other life in the sea from coral to dolphins so obviously when you see this label you're going to be paying more but you also may not fully know if they are doing like routine checkups on like the fisheries and they also may be certifying fisheries without fully knowing the practices um that they're utilizing and those could be damaging the environment so it's one of those things where it's like might be greenwashing and might be doing some benefit to buy fish from there but also it's like i want to get too caught up of whether like your fish has like a certain label certification or not because again like you know we only have like so much money to spend on like our groceries and i don't think like you should like really sweat over like fish costing like 70 percent of your like grocery budget yeah i think the biggest thing that i like actually seek out is just that it's wild caught Mm -hmm. that's all i do i just don't go for the farm raised that's the only really like label that i tap into for fish like trader joe's i know they have smoked salmon if you like the taste of that and it's like a wild caught atlantic salmon for i think 6.99 and it has a few servings in there um so it can be like affordable it's once again like don't eat fish if you don't like fish um but i think for like coming from the perspective of being vegan i just felt so deficient protein wise and i was sick of like eating so many cups of beans you listen to a lot of these health gurus that are like fish are so good for you and then you're like well why have i been excluding this entire group of food Mm -hmm. so if it's like a restrictive thing for you with veganism i think that's kind of an untalked about thing we actually could do a podcast about that because we keep we're posting memes about like whenever you go to a restaurant and you can't order shit because you're vegan right like we also haven't made really any memes about fish because i'm like are people people gonna gonna get this yeah i don't know um but like i think like food freedom is obviously like where you all want to be with like control like feeling like you have some sort of control and autonomy over how you eat you like how you eat you feel good in your body supported for your daily task whatever but like social eating i think something that emma and i like hate literally fucking hate and i know a lot of you guys hate it too because we post the memes about how difficult it is to eat in social settings and i think veganism can sometimes be a cover for like not wanting to be eating in social situations gluten-free paleo keto or like i'm intermittent fasting i can't eat at this i will say now that i eat fish 
fish, it's been, like, so much more easier for me to go out to eat. Yeah. Because it's, like, okay, I know that there's probably always going to be, like, a fish option with, like, vegetables and, like, yeah. a potato. Because, like, always for me, it was, like, when I was traveling with, like, family and I was, like, the only vegan. So then I was, like, I would have to, like, try to find one somewhat vegan-friendly restaurant in middle the middle of Iowa. Water. And it's, like... This diner has like French fries in the house salad with mandarin oranges and like and, and like little almonds. And, and then you're almost spiraling more because you're like, this isn't even good. You're I'm like, like yeah, and you're just like annoyed, and it's not even filling. Oh, I have some terror stories of when I was playing college volleyball at the airport trying to find vegan food and thinking about like how much you were working out when you played volleyball as well. Like I was talking to my mom about this today, like. The, the war trauma of me being in, like, downtown Brooklyn, like, walking between our, like, three-hour practices just trying to find food that wasn't just, like, I don't know, just, like... A, a bodega bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, and I'm, like, can we just have, like, a, like I don't want to eat, like, five granola bars to get my adequate calorie count. And so I think now it's, like, if veganism is just something that's, like, oh, I, like, don't feel, like, free with food. I mean, I still, like, if I go at a social place and it's, like, let's say there's, like, cheese. I'm, like, I don't eat cheese, so I'm not going to eat this. But... It feels like less of like a fucking issue, right? Yeah. You know, so that could be an area of like helpfulness for you. And I think just like thinking when you put any food label on how you eat, like why do you feel like you need to be vegan? Mm-hmm. Like I never felt like the label, it was explaining stuff to people. So I didn't want to have to explain for 40 minutes like why I thought that was the best way for me and the planet, whatever. Yeah. But if you're just like stuck in this label, maybe just like don't even have a label and just eat whatever you fucking want, yeah. right? Intuitive like, eating. Yeah, intuitive eating. Intuitive extent. We still don't know how to do it, but we're trying our best. Um, and like that, it's a sweaty fucking day in New York. Now they're sweaty. Emma bed. had a zerk potato. I'm kind of jealous. It was good. I had so much honey. Ugh, so had, much honey. I, I was in Boston for the weekend. I'm sure some of you saw on TikTok. Oh, I did kind of a crazy thing though. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Potato. I mixed like, so I always do some sort of like goopy sauce and it's like maca. <laughs> And I did ashwagandha powder because I've had this. Like, oh, I've had this one from the juice for years. No, it was fine. Then I added cinnamon. Then I added psyllium husk flakes. <laughs> oh, wait, you bought psyllium husk? I did because I want. I wanted this. I want to be part of the psyllium husk, husk cult. Bitch, that should have been a Patreon tier. Psyllium husk psychos or something like that. Honestly, our, that can be the fourth tier. We can do it. Yeah, hundred dollars. You're paying for just a mystery, <laughs> mystery no, content, mystery money. Um. No, silly musks go crazy, girl. <laughs> they go crazy. I, I use them in my pancake mix, mix them the other day. Cocoa powder and blueberry. Oh, I oh, have. Girl, now this is funny. Live podcasting. Emma and I talking about our weird, like, demented desserts that we've been making. Yeah, now the chocolate slop is now like a chocolate. Pancakes? Like, now, no, yeah, the pancakes. The pancakes are crazy. Crazy. <laughs> oh, girl, we're going to have to talk off the pot about some other things we've been doing with our silly musks. We don't have a psyllium yeah, husk sponsor. Options are like endless. We don't have a psyllium husk sponsor for you girlies, but we do have a few other. Also, the girlies might be getting um, podcast sponsors, so manifest us for that. Or yeah, like, once again, like I mentioned earlier, pod manifest, manifest a lot. Anything. Manifest a lot for Kate and I. On the outside, it looks like we're just vibing. On the inside, <laughs> we might be here, but we're here. Probably apart. You know, we're just we're just real real girlies out here. Um, yeah. But we hope all of you have a good rest of your week, day, month, wherever you are. We'll see you in Geneva. Hope you guys all have some psyllium husks now. Or psyllium husks, salmon. Yeah, what please, else? please, if you cook fish or eat fish, send it in Geneva because I want to see yeah, how many see. of us are eating fish. Yeah. It's not taboo, but I just feel like people don't fucking eat fish. So okay. I'd love to be surprised. And then we'll start making fish memes. There we now go. we have fish freedom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like that, you know, thank you for listening to the pod. Do all the things. Leave us a review on the Apple Podcast Store. We're trying to get to 200 reviews and it would be nice. Um, but that was episode 33, Fish and Climate Change. Thank you for listening to the What the Fuck is podcast.